Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and we are here for a Saturday show, which means two things. Number one, I'm going to be answering your questions. Love it when you send your questions. And number two, we are going to be giving something away. And today, we are giving away a box of Energy Plus. This is one of my favorite daily drinks. It is a lime matcha pomegranate flavor, tons of antioxidants, tiny bit of caffeine, really helps with just like a steady energy flow box of 30 packets of Energy Plus is going to today's winner. You can win two every single week. We give something away, ship it to you for totally free. All you got to do is leave a review of this podcast in Apple Podcasts, or you can leave a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon, or you can post on Facebook or on Instagram share an episode that you've loved or something that you've learned, just make sure to tag me so that I see it and we will announce today's winner at the end of the show. We're doing something a little bit different today. I mentioned this a couple weeks ago that maybe someday this would happen and I figured let's just try it and see how it goes. Today I have Chris here. Hi, Chris. Hi, honey. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. We had a little bit of a microphone snafu before trying to do this, didn't we? We did, but I fixed it. You did, which is a good thing because could I have fixed it on my own? No. (laughs) I I feel I may have come home to broken parts. (laughs) Maybe. I I don't have the patience with the tech stuff that you do. Correct. So you kind of gave it away for any new listeners when you called me honey. Chris is my husband. Hi. Hi. Again. And now my mom knows. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's out there. No, we got to tell your mom before this episode airs. I don't even know if your mom listens to the podcast. She does. Oh, okay. Hi, Diane. Um, anyway, yeah. So I never wanted to be, she just might as well just put it out there. I never wanted to get married again. No offense. I just, you know, it, it really wasn't anything personal. I, here's why. I feel like it's more of a legal institution than an emotional bond. Because emotional bond we already had. Like, why the legal part of it? That was kind of my take. Taxes. Taxes. <laughs> you know, that's so true. But um, I think that I said, I more or less proposed the day Dagny died, which sounds really messed up. But on the drive home, which was like a really terrible drive home, I said I wanted to get married. Yes, but she didn't ask me. She told me. Well, I, I didn't I didn't demand it. I didn't say we're getting married. I said I want to get married. And so we did. We did. In secret. <laughs> it wasn't. It's not a secret now. We did. We did get married at a courthouse with nobody there. Right. Yeah. But at a town hall. Yeah. Oh, right. 
Well, we had to go to the courthouse to get the expedited license. I promise these were not two different weddings. <laughs> no. So now I'm on my second wedding and Chris is on his practice. <laughs> we joke about that. But they'll never be as good as the first one. <laughs> which I, I don't know how to take that when she tells me because I'm her second one. <laughs> no, I, I have joked in the past that everybody needs a practice marriage. And she which... volunteered to be mine. <laughs> Anyway, we have some questions that we can get to. So Chris is going to read the questions today, and we're going to just see how that goes. So um, why don't you hit me with the first question? All right. First question, what affirmations do you most often use? It really depends on the circumstance. Like, I wish I could say, you know, that is if it was like a, a note card and the most worn note card is the one I use the most, but it, it's not that way. It kind of depends on what is going on. I would say um, that I'm a creative energetic problem solver is a big one because any time, with the exception of tech stuff, I didn't even get up to help when we couldn't get the mic stuff working. <laughs> but, but no, like we have run into so many challenges and stuff with the renovation over the last year that I... I just want us to get to the solution, right? Like I, as much as we could get lost for eons in the whose fault it is and who screwed up and what was done poorly and all of that, like I tell myself again and again and again to get to the solution. Even like Chris has been helping with a lot of primal stuff um, in the months since Dagny died. There's a lot going on, a lot of growth and a lot of different things like that. And sometimes he'll just like share a problem with me and I'm like, okay, what what's the solution? Like where do we need to go with this? Because, because honestly... I don't want to give my energy to the problem. I want to move right through it to the solution. So that's one. And then I have a lot of financial affirmations to um, like money is a solution. It's not a problem. And every dollar I spend comes back to me exponentially and things like that. So I wish that I could say there was one that I use the most, um, but it really just depends on what's happening in my life. I think we have to look at where we're struggling, where we want things to change, and then find a statement or a belief or a practice or a pattern that we really want to reinforce and um, just keep messaging that to ourselves. All right. That's a very well thought out answer. Well, thank you. Um, next question. <laughs> How can I balance my stress hormones for weight loss and energy? Um, there's so much to this. But first, let me just say, like, I love that you're asking that question, not you, Chris, but this person who, who wrote this in because stress hormones are a big part of the equation when it comes to energy and when it comes to weight loss. And I don't think they get enough attention from people out there who are still under the guise of like, well, if I don't have enough energy, it's because I don't get enough sleep. Or if I'm not losing weight, it's because of food or it's because of movement. And all of those things are factors. But stress is a huge factor too. And sometimes we oversimplify this notion of stress to, um, to just be about how we feel. Like, it's not a huge deal. I just feel stressed. But the reality is, and I say this all the time, that stress has physical implications on our body and on our health, and it can initiate disease, and it can perpetuate dysfunction. So this is a really important topic. How can you balance your stress hormones for weight loss and for energy? I don't think anybody's going to be surprised at where I start with this one. A lot of it is mindset and perspective, 
right? We can work ourselves up or we can wind ourselves down. It is up to us. It is up to how we think. And I think we all know somebody who kind of like spins on negativity and they can create a mountain out of a molehill and oh my gosh, this and then this and I can't believe it and da da da. Somebody in the Primal Potential Facebook group the other day said, I just need to vent and then went on to post a whole bunch of negative stuff and then at the end said, I'm just so frustrated. That is so not productive. That is so not helpful. And yes, of course, I told the person as much. But one of the most important ways to balance our stress hormones is just not getting so worked up over so many things. Be selective. Is this worth really ruffling your feathers, you know? And I'm not here to say that nothing is. I have allowed myself to be angry, to be sad, to be disappointed, to be any number of of down emotions related to losing Dagny. But things like technology not working or losing your keys or an unexpected bill coming in the mail aren't worth that type of emotional expenditure of energy. So really being selective over what you get worked up about. And this is a a work in progress all the time. Chris and I talk about this regularly. Like if something happens that kind of ruffles our feathers, like this can be a calm conversation. You know, this doesn't have to be an agitated thing. And I think that we're, we're always working to not let dumb stuff work us up. That's easy for you to say. <laughs> but we are, right? That, we, we, we are. It's, yeah. easy, it's easier for you. I get worked up. But you are capable of not letting the little stuff work you up. But here's, here's yeah, the thing about yes. Chris. Oh, we completely flip it. Like if she's worked up, yeah. I am like, no, 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 calm down. And then, and she's like, but if it was you and if it was me and I'm worked up, she's trying to calm me down. We're never yeah. worked up at the same moment. Yeah. Which so works. it makes things very interesting too. Yeah, but at the same time, like <laughs> big things don't stress you out. No. But little things absolutely do. And the danger, I think what happens for a lot of people is that like the big stuff works them up and the small stuff works them up and they're always worked up. Yes. I can think of people that we both know who are like that. You Scott know? Thompson. <laughs> No, you can't. Excuse call me. Out, you Sorry. can't call out names. I was right. All right. Scott that- T. No, we'll call him <laughs> S. Thompson. I don't wanna okay. I don't wanna say a name. This may be the last time Chris is on the show, but anyway. It's my family. I'll call him out if I want to. No, it's it's true though that there are people who get worked up over everything. And I think you just have to be selective. Like I, I would say, even though Chris does tend to get more worked up over the little stuff than I do. He's also like magical at not getting worked up over the big stuff. You know, I mean that you just, you just keep on rolling. No point. I got the little stuff to worry about. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously though, I think perspective is a big part of it in terms of balancing stress hormones. Like it's a practice to not get so triggered all the freaking time. Most of the stuff that we're upset about, we can use that energy to get involved in the solution we can just let it go. You know, we don't have to get upset for other people. We don't have to get upset about other people. And most of the stuff that we get upset about ourselves, like does not need to ruffle our feathers. So perspective is a big part of it. Then there's things like physical activity. Exercise is great for your stress hormones. Now, there are some caveats to that. If you are a chronic over-exerciser, most people don't fall into this category. If you're going to the gym, you know, four or five times a week, that's not you. Um, But over-exercise, like, you know, multiple trips to the gym a day and exercising on very little sleep and all of that kind of stuff can make stress worse. But with those extremes 
kind of set to the side. Um, what I will say is that physical activity is really amazing for lowering cortisol. This can be as simple as getting outside for a walk. The science is there to show that we lower cortisol dramatically when we spend time in nature, when we go for a walk, when we get some fresh air, all of those kinds of things. So making sure that exercise, movement, all of that is a good uh, part of your routine. Sleep is a big one. Our body heals itself when we sleep. So if you are not getting enough sleep or you're not getting quality sleep, that is going to be a big factor. And then there's also a lot you can do from a food and supplementation standpoint. So uh, overeating is a physical stressor on the body. If you are trying to balance your stress hormones, stop overeating. Uh, and then things like sugar and gluten, omega-6 fatty acids are also stressors on the body. So dial those back. Um, and then supplementation. I've talked a lot about how ashwagandha is an adaptogenic herb. Adaptogenic herbs, they get that name adaptogenic from their ability to help us adapt to stress. They also help with cortisol metabolism. It's kind of the process by which they help us adapt to stress. Um, but I take a product called Mood Plus, and that is a powerful, powerful adaptogen. Chris can speak to that. Like that product for me especially has been really significant in kind of like rounding out the edges of stress and trauma and all of that kind of stuff every day. Every single day. Twice a day. Only if it's kids' mood. Well, I take kids' mood and adults' mood. I know you do. Yeah. But- do you actually take the, mo the adult mood twice a day? Because yeah. I know you take the kids' mood twice a day. Yeah, I take adult too. Well, there you go. Twice a day. Um, okay. I think we've touched on that enough. Next question. How do you create consistency? Mm. Like, I think you might have even snuck this question in there yourself. No? He's shaking his head. You know, no, when you it's there. Yeah, I know. But I think you might have put it there. They can't see me shaking my head. I know. Exactly. Um, how do you create consistency? I've probably done... 100 episodes on consistency. Where I always like to start is specificity. What is the consistency you want? Too many times we try to tackle this from like the general, I want to be more consistent. And then when I start to say, okay, well, what would it look like if today you showed up consistently exactly the way you want? Oh, well, I would eat better. Okay, well, that's super, super vague. And we can't hit a vague target. So we have to get very, very clear. And we don't have to start with everything at once. Maybe you consistently want to keep your car clean. And you consistently want to eat healthy. And you consistently want to work out. And you consistently want to, you know, organize your closet. I don't know. Start with one area and get very specific, right? So... For me, there's a couple things that are very important for me to be consistent with. My daily walks on the canal, going to CrossFit, meditating. So I figure out ahead of time when I'm going to get those in my day. Like last night I sat down and I said, when in the day is my canal walk? When in the day is my CrossFit workout? When in the day am I going to meditate? So you have to know what things you really want to focus on building consistency with. And then day by day, put them into your calendar. Now, don't put them in at a time where you're likely to blow it off. I'm not going to put meditation at, you know, 930 at night because I'm just, 
I'm in another place at 9.30 at night. I'm not focused on that. Just like I'm not going to do my canal walk at 7 o'clock at night. I want to be making dinner and unwinding and doing all of those kinds of things. So know thyself, but get specific and then put it on your calendar and then never, ever, ever stop. We have to stay connected to, tethered to, anchored to, however you want to see it, those things that we want to be consistent with. It's all right if today you say, you know, I wanted to meditate, but I didn't do it. But we're not then skipping tomorrow. We're like, okay, when am I going to fit it in tomorrow? If 15 minutes feels like a stretch, then let's do five. And we're going to do five minutes of meditation at 11.55 a.m. tomorrow morning. But be specific. Put it on your calendar. Know thyself. Don't put it at a time where you know you're likely to make an excuse or something else is likely to come up. And then keep returning to it. I have these 10 things that I'm working on consistency with. They're on my calendar. I see them every single day. You have to see them every single day. Fantastic. Thanks. Next question. How can I get my fussy vegetarian 12-year-old daughter to try more food variety? I don't really think it's your niche, but I thought I'd throw this at you. Before you get into that, I want you to know that you saved me from depression and has given me hope to start a business. You're a treasure. Yeah, have I given you hope to start a business or is that what the person said? That's what the person said. Oh, that's nice. That's pretty exciting. Starting a business is very exciting and a lot of work. Don't quit. With smiley faces. I like smiley faces. Um, okay. So fussy vegetarian 12-year-old to try more food variety. So vegetarian or not vegetarian, 12-year-old or 24-year-old really doesn't matter. What what I would do if I had a 12-year-old in my house who was like, you know what? I'm a vegetarian. I would say we'd go to the library if those things are open in these coronavirus times. Um and I'd have him or her pick out a couple of vegetarian cookbooks and then agree on a recipe that you're going to try. There's something really powerful, and this is for adults or kids. When we're involved, we're more open to trying things. And I'm sure that's like super, super cliche advice, you know, have a picky eater, involve them in the cooking. But especially somebody who has just declared like, I'm a vegetarian, help them see what the options are because it can be very easy. I remember when my sister was a vegetarian, all she wanted was macaroni and cheese because that was like her idea of vegetarianism was like fruit salad and macaroni and cheese. Chris is laughing because he knows my sister. Um, but, you know, they have to be exposed to other things. You're also going to learn a lot about their preferences from what their commentary is as they go through things. And I think just Getting them involved in it, uh, we don't need to take it any more complicated than that. That's what I would do. Start with a couple of vegetarian cookbooks, pick a few things you're going to try together, and and even say, like, at 12 years old, I think you can make the rule that, like, we try one new thing a day, period. You don't have to, you don't have, to have three bites, but you have two bites. No matter what, this is something that we do. This is something that we practice because our taste buds change. And you see this a lot. In fact, I noticed this the other day. We were at a cookout, and there was a... 16 or 17 month old boy there and um, a friend of a friend. And uh, first thing he did, he tried his little first bite of watermelon. He had never had watermelon. First bite he puts in and spits it out. And then he goes back for the blueberries and he's eating some blueberries. And then like a minute or two later, he picks up the watermelon and he eats it because first time like texturally if you think about it you've never had watermelon texturally it's a different kind of fruit right and so sometimes we just need a couple of exposures at 12 years old I don't think it's it's too old for a for a two-bite trial rule I, I don't think so agreed yeah maybe sneak some meat in there too <laughs> no. don't, don't take Chris's advice what's the next question 
How can I get control of and change my decision making so that it aligns with my goals? This goes back to the answer that I gave around like, how do I create consistency? Get really specific. When people are struggling, I find time and time again, they're very, very general and they lack clarity and specificity on what it is that they want. So if I'm sitting down with somebody and they say, you know, how do I change my decision making so that it aligns with my goals? I'd first be saying, what are your goals? And then what are the decisions that you're making that run counter to those goals? Okay, now we have those two things specifically. So if those decisions changed so that they no longer ran counter to your goals, what would that look like? What would the choices be? What would the decisions be that are aligned with your goals? And then we'd have a little list here and I'd say, okay, of those, of these things that run counter and of these things that are aligned, which of the ones that run counter are you willing to not do just for today? Which of the ones that are aligned are you willing to do just for today? And now we have specific action steps. Clarity, specificity, focused on today is really what it's all about. Thank you. You're welcome. Just turned 40 and I'm wanting any tricks to help the metaz- metabolism with age. There's really no tricks which is the great news. Honestly, if you want to improve your metabolism as you get older, do you have any guess what I'm going to say? It's one thing. Do you have any guess what it is? I'm Consistency. Asking. No. Oh, I thought you were going to be consistent with that one. No. Uh, the number one thing, if you want to support your metabolism as you age, it is make sure you don't lose muscle mass. And as you age, that means being intentional about building muscle mass, right? Because Without, I I did an entire episode on this, how uh, we begin to lose muscle really in our early 30s. And if we are not intentional about building muscle, what that does to our metabolism over time is is really, really damaging. So anybody, you know, the closest a trick as you're going to get, I don't think there are any tricks, but strength training. Strength training is huge. It is essential. It is critical. It is number one. It is number two. It is number three. Um, And then I would say things like stressing less, sleeping well, eating clean. But honestly, um, muscle mass is really the big thing that, that changes the most and is the reason that people see changes in body composition as they get older. Make sure you are strength training multiple times a week, every single week. All right. How do I let go of the diet mentality? So I sent out a VIP email um, when this airs. It'll be a couple weeks ago. And um, I was talking about Jesse Itzler. Chris has heard me talking about Jesse Itzler a lot lately because I started watching him do this race. And then I've just been really keeping a close eye on many things that he's been doing. But I was on a webinar. For those of you who don't know who Jesse Itzler is, um, he is married to Sarah Blakely, who is the founder of Spanx, but he has his own accolades um, far beyond, you know, who he's married to. He founded a private jet company that later was so successful, he sold it to Berkshire Hathaway. Um, he started Zico Coconut Water, which was so successful that was then sold to Coca-Cola. Um, and he has many other accolades. He's an ultra marathon runner. He's written a couple of books. Anyway, I was on a podcast with him and um, somebody was asking about like deprivation or discipline or something like that. And he said, the idea of deprivation subtracts from our life. The idea that like we can't have something or we can't do something, it subtracts. But he said that, you know, value and intention and, and intentionality, it adds. 
So he said, you don't want to come at anything from the perspective of like what it takes from your life. I can't have this. I can't do that. And he says, you have to change the way you want to live your life. If you come at it from the perspective of like, oh, I can't have that drink or I can't have that dessert or I can't have this, then you're going to feel like you're missing out and you're not going to do it because it is subtractive from your life. We want something that is additive, this perspective that all we really have to do is change the way we want to live. A diet mentality is is based on something you don't want. I don't want to be so heavy. I don't want my pants to feel tight or whatever. It's a very different perspective to say like, I want to be healthy and vibrant and I want to have a lot of energy and I want to be the kind of person who takes great care of myself. The reality is that your diet mentality comes from your perspective. For as long as your perspective is like, oh, I have to lose weight. Oh, I'm so unhappy. Oh, I can't have this and I can't have that. That's a diet mentality. Right now, today, you can choose and you can practice and you can continue redirecting to a perspective that's like, I just want to be healthy. I want to give my body all the chances possible to be protected from disease. I want to be vibrant and energetic. I want to be healthy and strong. So truly, truly, truly letting go of diet mentality comes from nothing other than changing your perspective. All right. I would like to know the connection between overeating and overspending. In my opinion, there is nothing worse than being overweight, except being overweight and broke. Ouch. You know, I saw this question in the Facebook group, actually. And I, and I commented back and I said, is there really nothing worse than being overweight and broke? Because I totally disagree with that. And like, that's totally fine if to her, the, and I know it's a female because I saw who asked the question, if to her the worst thing in the world is being overweight and broke, like, okay. Where I sit, I can think of a million things that are worse than being overweight and broke. Right. Like, I feel like we're living through one of them. That's, that's not that's not a fair. <laughs> not everybody goes through that. No, I, no but I'm just saying, like, wh- I'm worried about the perspective that there's nothing worse than being overweight and broke. Every, I, everyone's living their own journey. Totally agree. I've been overweight. Very, very. I've been 350 plus pounds and I've been totally broke living paycheck to paycheck eating ramen noodles, and you have too. At the same time, though? absolutely. freaking I was never 350. <laughs> I was. <laughs> Thanks. I was. No, at, at my heaviest, I yeah. was living paycheck to paycheck, and it was really, really hard. And um, I just want to challenge that. I think that it is here's, – here's what we talk about a lot is having yourself at the center of the story. And if, and if your perspective is like there's nothing worse than being overweight and broke, you are like squarely at the center of that story. And I think that it sets you up to be really, really unhappy. Really, 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 really unhappy. So let's get to the first part of the question, which is the connection between overspending and overeating. To me, it's about not facing immediate consequences of your choices. And kind of the, if this thing won't hurt, the delay of repercussion. Because the reality is, when you spend $20 that you don't have, you don't feel it in that moment. But when a bill comes a week from now, and you've spent $5 there, and $10 here, and $15 here, and now you feel pressed to pay this bill that's when it catches up to you. And in the moment, there is a pattern, whether we're talking about cupcakes or we're talking about buying shoes, where you aren't thinking about the big picture and you aren't thinking about your goals and you aren't thinking about who and where you want to be. And I've done um, a couple of episodes on this, on what getting out of debt taught me about getting healthy. Because when I was in debt, 
which is also when I was at my heaviest, there was this pattern of like, this one thing won't hurt or choosing pleasure in the moment, even though it meant more pain downstream, right? Because there was never a moment where I went crazy and overate and binged and then afterwards was like, that was so worth it. It never, ever, ever happened. Yes, in the moment, those things tasted good. Yes, in the moment when you check check out on you know Amazon and you spend that money, in the moment it feels good. But you're creating something downstream that these two things have in common. You're just not looking at the at the long term implication or asking yourself, is this going to take me in the direction that I want to go? So I think that it is a a practice of not telling yourself the whole story, not being totally honest with yourself. I think that's the biggest link. But again, I've done episodes going into that in a lot more detail. The penultimate question. The penultimate question. Okay, this is kind of a long one, isn't it? No, that would be the ultimate question. Oh, okay. Really? Penultimate is the next to last. It's like on deck. Yes. Yeah. So, like, there was the last supper. The supper before that was the penultimate supper. Really? Yes. So, P-E-N? Yes. And what does that prefix mean? I don't know. Okay, continue. The second to last question. Second to last question. I would like your opinion on toxic people. And I actually skipped a question. So (laughs) we're at the penultimate, penultimate question. Um, I would love your thoughts on keeping your focus and not getting overwhelmed or burnt out when you're trying to change several areas in your life. Okay, let's start with the fact that we're always all trying to change several areas of our life, or at least there's always several areas of our lives that we want to change, right? Sometimes people get very discouraged when they say, like, I don't know how to pick a goal. There's so many things that I want to change. But I don't think there will ever be a time in my life, just because our potential is unlimited, where I don't want to make improvements to my physical health, to my relationship, to my finances, to my business, to my mindset. So let's start from the standpoint that it's good, healthy, and normal to want to change several areas of your life. Now, when it comes to focus, it's about knowing which thing you're going to move forward today and how. So we're recording this on a Monday. And Mondays tend to be a little bit more work intensive, especially because, for example, tomorrow I've got an appointment in Boston, so tomorrow will be a shorter work day. So when I look at what areas of my life I'm going to move forward today, they're going to be more focused on my self-care and work, okay? Because I'm making time for CrossFit, I'm making time for meditation, I'm making time for my walk, and then there's a lot of work stuff going on in there. It's not likely that on a Monday I'm going to be saying today is a day where I'm going to move forward my relationship goals with Chris. Like maybe that's more likely to happen on a Friday or a Saturday or a Sunday or a weekday where we don't have so many things going on, right? Chris is showing houses this morning. He's recording with me now. He's got other things to do, et cetera, et cetera. So know and ask yourself, which areas am I going to move forward today and how? That's the focus piece. What am I going to do today to move what area forward? The overwhelm only comes when you focus on more than you can do in this day. Overwhelm is not a function of how many areas you want to improve. Overwhelm is a function of the fact that you are not, to use your word, focused 
on which things you can move forward today and how. Overwhelm comes when it's like, oh my gosh, I have to do this and I have to do that and I have to do this other thing. But that's the absolute opposite of focus. Very simply, which area am I going to move forward today and how? Knowing full well that not every area is going to advance every day and that's okay as long as we have a general sense of balance over the week or over the month. There are certainly days that are more focused on like, the home and things here and our relationship. And then there are other days that are much more heavily weighted towards work. And that's just the way it has to be. But overwhelm is really just about um, not having a view of today. It's allowing your, your mind and your mental energy to get carried away by everything down the road. Now for the final question. Um, yes, that actually was the penultimate question. And uh, before we get on to the ultimate question, mm-hmm. how many years did you study Latin? A lot. Eight? Pen? P-E-N is Latin? It's Well, it's P-A-E-N-E. Oh, is the okay. Latin almost. I oh, okay. I would have known that, last. but that's why I asked P-E-N. But the spelling of the word is P-E-N. U-L, you know, P-E-N ultimate. Oh, okay. Because there's not a Latin prefix that's P-E-N. That's, Correct. Yeah. It's, it's the combination of the two words. Latin words meaning almost the end, penultimate, which just means the last but one. (laughs) Okay. So let's go to the last, the last, and then we have a giveaway. The final last. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I wasn't the penultimate penultimate, but that was the penultimate question. And now we're at the ultimate question. The final question, what is your wager? Oh, this isn't Jeopardy. (laughs) Okay. I would like your opinion. (laughs) See, now we're to that question. (laughs) I would like your opinion on toxic people that happen to be... Did you write this? (laughs) No. Is this your question or did you just write this in my voice? I'm not sure. No. Okay. I would like your opinion on toxic people that happen to be family members. I know people can't be changed. I know that we need to change our reactions to them. I know that we teach people how to treat us by what we allow. I'm discovering that I have people-pleasing tendencies... I am the one everyone calls for help. I worry about everyone and make everyone's happiness my responsibility. I am so confused because it is so much a part of me that it feels as if it's my identity. I don't know how to be any different, and I don't think it was a bad thing or a flaw until I realized that I feel used and underappreciated. Uh, Regardless of all my support, a disagreement causes isolation, and nobody knows how to say I'm sorry. I am new to EB, so if there is already a podcast, right now I'm following Give the Gift of Your Absence to those that don't appreciate your presence. Uh, I, I want to know if that's the right thing to do. So in terms of like giving somebody the gift of your absence, if you don't think they appreciate your presence, I can't say if that is the right thing. But what I can say is that I think a common issue there is that people would make the assumption that people don't appreciate their presence. I would really challenge you to look at, are you making an assumption that they don't appreciate your presence? Because there's a very big difference between somebody saying, I don't want you around, I don't like it when you're here, and you assuming because of certain behaviors that they don't appreciate your presence. So I can't tell you if absence is the answer or not, but I would just caution you about assumptions. Um, There's a really great book called The Four Agreements that is 
excellent for interpersonal relationships. I really highly recommend it. I also just recently released an episode of the podcast. It is episode, I think, 783. Let me just check. Yeah, 783 on expectations. What to do when people don't meet your expectations or there is a gap between what you thought and what actually happened. So definitely go back to episode 783. It's a really, really important one that just aired recently. Um, In terms of quote, toxic people that have to be family members. One thing that I try to really do is remind myself that people have different experiences and we're quick to label the person as toxic when the reality is they just have a different operating system based on the fact that they have different experiences. And I think that a lot of a lot of trouble and turmoil comes when we label people as bad instead of just owning and accepting and understanding that their perspective is different. We cannot expect them to have our perspective because they do not have our experience, right? Um, in terms of people-pleasing tendencies, I don't think there's anything wrong with that except for the fact that now you feel used and unappreciated. So what that means is you have an expectation that they are going to acknowledge you in some way, right? If you feel used, then you didn't step in to help because you wanted to. You stepped in to help because you wanted something in return. Chris is nodding. Do you have anything to add to that? I No, I, you're absolutely right. It, it was a, a doing-it for an accolade as opposed yeah, to just doing, doing it, it to do it. Right. And, and I think that that's a slippery slope when we say, like, I'm a people pleaser. Is it that or is it that that's how you think people are going to value you? Because if you're truly a people pleaser, like, if that's just what it is, then, it, then you're doing things for people because you want to, because that gives you something. But what you're saying, if you feel used and unappreciated, then it's because you, you did it because you wanted something back. And that's not truly people-pleasing. You're actually serving your own motive there by wanting to get something in return. And then when you don't, you feel bad about it. So I really think here your opportunity is less about responding to other people differently and more about recognizing your own motives. If you do something because you want something in return and then you don't get it and you feel bad, you didn't do it for the other person, you did it for you. And there's nothing wrong with that, but having that clarity is huge because now you don't have to label yourself as a people pleaser. You just feel validated when people recognize you for something that you did and you're after the validation. You're after the encouragement and all of those kinds of things. So um, I think that that's, that's where I would really, really start if I were you. Hey, we did it. We did a Q&A podcast together. Yay. And we're both still alive. No, I wasn't worried about that. I was worried that you were just going to like say something that made me roll my eyes like, we can't say that on the podcast. Which you did. Yeah, because you called somebody out by name. Anyway, we won't go back down that route. We have a winner. And they get Energy Plus. You love Energy Plus. I do love Energy Plus. You have it like at least once or twice a day. I have been told I have to cut back on my Energy Plus. Well, because sometimes there's been days where you've had like four. That's because I like it. I know it is really good, isn't it? Because it it's is. not it's not super sweet. It's not super strong. It doesn't give you like jitters or anything like that. It's just like a steady eddy kind of feel. It, and it tastes good. Yeah. It's mild. It's not like overly flavored, you know? It's really good. 
Yeah. Yes. So that's what we're giving away today. And you can be a winner if you leave a review of the podcast in Apple Podcasts or you leave a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon or if you just post on Facebook or Instagram, be sure to tag me an episode that you've loved or listened to or something that you've learned. Today's winner is Instagram handle at living for underscore 68. If that's your IG handle at living for underscore 68, email Christopher at primalpotential.com and tell him you were the winner for episode 791. Make sure you put the episode number in the email. You got 60 days to claim your prize and we will shoot that energy plus out in the mail to you no matter where in the world you live and you're going to love it. You are going to love it. You are going to love it for sure. All right, Chris, thanks for doing this with me and thanks for fixing the mic so we could. It was my pleasure. I had a good time. Well, I'm really glad. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do this again, guys. I, what do you think? I hope your listeners enjoyed it. Please email Chris at primalpotential.com. <laughs> That's not your email address. It is Christopher, though. <laughs> yeah. Christopher at primalpotential.com. I take fan mail. I take hate mail. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, send all the hate mail his way, please. I don't, I don't take hate mail anymore. All right, everybody have an amazing day. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform.